second episode of the Candlelit Podcast. Which is not currently very candlelit. <laughs> not very candlelit. Lamp lit. No. Oh, I know we said we would get this episode out a few weeks ago, but it's kind of been um, an insane past few weeks. You had the flu, and life's just been crazy, especially with this virus stuff going around. Yeah. But today we're going to be talking about weird death rituals. I had a really hard time picking all of the ones that I wanted to do. There's a lot that I actually um, really, really like, and I could definitely see us coming back and touching on the subject. I have a lot. So, um, no, don't look. You can't look. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, the first thing that I wanted to talk about was there's a burial in Tibet. It's called a sky burial. And basically, they wrap the body up in a special cloth, and they put it, like, in the corner of the house for three to five days. They read scripture and recite. They put it where? In the corner of a house. Uh-huh. Or in their house. Corner of their house. So they read scripture for a few days. That helps, I guess, the souls that are waiting in, like, purgatory to Which be released. On what religion. Um, And then the family picks a day for somebody to come take the body to the site. So once they get there... They just keep this body in their house for days and just... Yeah, they wrap it up. Damn. Well, we should probably also note, none of this is, like, meant to make fun of, like, any one religion or culture. Stuff is just really fascinating. So everything we say is, like, with the utmost respect and consideration. So the day before the sky burial, all the clothes are removed and the body is placed in a fetal position. And then at dawn, the body is carried to the burial site and they burn stuff to create smoke to attract the birds of prey. And then they recite a bunch of sutras to cleanse the soul and get the process started. So by now it's unwrapped. Yeah, it's in like a fetal position. It'd be hard to do after Ring of Mortis sets in, just to kind of... Probably. Like, but, um... It'd be fun trying to bend Grandma when she's hard as a rock. So no strangers are allowed to attend the ceremony. Like, no... And no family members either. I would Grandma. Stop. Being looked at by strangers anyways. When they have to bring the body down mm-hmm. from that mountain, mm-hmm. they have to, like, chop the body up. So... It's house, then mountain, then then chopped. So house, waiting place, mountain, then back down to be chopped, whatever's left. Oh, so they leave it up there for birds to get it or something like that? Huh. And okay. there's there's two places that these sky burials take place at. Typically one's like a big monastery on a steep cliff, and then the other one's at a Buddhist academy. Okay, so religion is tied to it. I don't know if it was like a cultural thing. Right, or yeah. Once all the flesh is gone, they, like, grind the bones up and give them out to other birds. Let's see if you can top that, though. Just feeding around one of the birds. No, okay, this one is really, really cool. Not looking. I don't want to say how they say it in Japanese because I'm not going to be able to do it. Self-mummification. Self-mummification? Self-mummification. This is something I had no idea existed until I started researching this topic. So basically, um, this is something that's been practiced by Buddhist and Taoist monks, but they've only ever found 24 bodies. And 
one of the oldest of them is I think a little over 500 years old maybe like 550 so this is like this is like an old 550 years old what's like the youngest one so the last attempt that everybody knows of was in 1878 1878 yeah okay so this was all just happening during their period of isolation then and right before then before the U.S. came in there and forced them at gunpoint to trade. So what happens is these monks, they basically start themselves out on a diet of things like pine needles, resin, seeds, things that you can find like in the mountains. And the diet is literally called like tree eating. So this causes their body to kind of... This is the people that are... The monks, yeah, that okay. are trying to self-mummify. Or do they just do it at any age or when they're, like, close to death? I would assume that it's probably when they're ready to, to pass on. Pretty soon. But it, well, here's the thing, though, okay, is that it takes a little over 3,000 days. So they just do this until they die? Yeah. Jesus. So they, they start their tree-eating diet, and their body runs through its fat stores. Then the next stage, the monks stop drinking liquids which further dehydrates their bodies. The diet has three stages. Like I said, it starts with the resins, nuts, pine needles, etc. Then it moves to bark. Bark? And roots. What's bark? Is it just... <laughs> Is it bark? <laughs> Is it bark? I think I meant to type bark. <laughs> okay. Diet, stage one, resin, nuts, pine needles, etc. Mm-hmm. Stage two is bark. Bark. <laughs> and roots. And roots? What kind of roots? Just tree roots? Just any roots they find in the so, mountains, so I guess. Gross. It's covered in dirt. Well, they would wash it. Would they? They weren't using water. Or what day is that? No, they had water. Oh, it's a different day? But a lot of it had, um, actually, that's very interesting because I think a lot of their water supply had um, cyanide in it. In, in the mountains? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I think so. There was something I read about it one time. As they continued this diet, they would start to meditate in, like, almost a small tomb. So at the end, they would climb in, and they would seal them off, and they would just meditate. And they would ring a bell every now and then to let everybody know that they were alive. But because their diet, one, ran through their fat stores, and two, left them dehydrated, their organs and everything inside of them almost self-preserved itself. They would pull the bodies out and then put them on display. What? That's what I read anyways. For what purpose? respect i guess i guess i would have to be like very understanding what religion and so this is this ties back into the water thing i was talking about i was wrong it wasn't cyanide it was arsenic but there seemed to be a higher correlation of success when monks were drinking from that spring in the mountain that had higher levels of arsenic that helped for the bodies to be undisturbed by creatures and bugs and stuff because after you die, arsenic stays in your system. Again, I, like I said, it's a superior form of enlightenment. It's not suicide. I mean, this by probably their means. By our means. <laughs> or at least mine, that's right. just and this, suicide. I mean, this is contrasted to the, the mummification that people typically think of, like in Egypt and stuff, where they remove all their organs. Yeah. And preserve the body. The monks never have their organs removed because they're already like perfectly preserved inside themselves. But this did become illegal in 1877. 
with the last attempt being in 1878. Probably because he started in 77 or 76. He's like, I'm quitting now. Do you think you could go back to food after you started that process? Probably not after a certain amount of time. Probably. Just phase it out. 3,000 days, though. You can phase it out. You can phase it out. 3,000 days. So, yeah, I thought that one was really cool. I don't know if that tops the sky burial, but. No, no. (laughs) Putting grandma on a fetal position for the birds is definitely number one right now. So, the next one that I have is endocannibalism. And this is a ritual that takes place in a lot of areas like the Amazon, South America, Papua New Guinea. When somebody dies in these cultures, it's a big part of the ritual for the flesh of that person to be eaten by friends and family. And so a lot of the men typically got the more, I don't want to say appealing. If you had to eat someone, if you had to eat someone, would, would you want to eat the brain or the heart? Probably the heart. How would you know that? You know I don't that. know how I know that, but if you had to eat someone, what would you eat? Probably a thigh. I don't know. No, like, like an organ. Oh, an or- they, it's, they were talking about the organs? They yeah. said skin. I don't know. That's. The heart? <laughs> not touching. I'm not touching the bladder, <laughs> the kidneys. Uh, I don't know. It's just gross. But I assume if you do this long enough, you're going to find out what tastes the best. Well, anyways, the men get everything pretty much but the brain. And the brain was typically left for women and children. <laughs> of course. But anyways, you can have um, misfolded proteins in your brain called prions. And that's mad cow disease, Kreutzfeldt-Jacob, or Kuru in this culture. That one's pretty short. This next one, I think you'll really like it. I did one on Viking funerals. Just pretty cool. Let's go. They have two types of burials, which is cremation and burial, but it's also called inhumation. So cremation was typically the most popular form in this culture. It typically involved building a pyre, but lots of people, when they think of Viking funerals, they think the pyre is built on the ship and lit a fire and sent out to sea. But actually, they were typically lit on fire in the pyre before even doing anything like that. Yeah, what do you mean? So, you know, like, when you watch, like, the Viking shows. Yeah, they the put movies, on a little boat and they, and they yeah. yeah, typically that never happened. Yeah, that would yeah, be a waste of a boat. Yeah. Yeah. But typically, they were burned before their land or sea burial. They believe, or believed, that smoke carries the soul to their destination. So, Valhalla or Helheim or any of the other afterlives that they have. Well, that, you know... Yeah, that's like their form of hell, I think. Probably, because well, hell is good, so. But there's like multiple. There's like four. Yeah, at least four. You can't even pretend to know any of it. But that would be really cool to do an episode on afterlives, too. That would be, and all the different types. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be really fun. So I think we definitely have to do that at some point. Oh, I found one place in the U.S. There's only one place in the United States that allows you to do funeral pyres. And that's in Crestone, Colorado. So, I'm going to butcher this name. Zoroastrian? Yeah, Zoroastrian. Yeah, they have a really cool religion. Tell me about their religion. Well, think 
I think the biggest takeaway from their religion, I talked to, talked to you about this a while ago, was that they originated in Persia, but I think one of the coolest parts about their religion um, was that they're some pretty positive they're monotheistic, but they, and that their god was like neither male nor female. It was just like a kind of like a they. Which I thought was really cool because a lot of religions typically twenty first century of them. yeah very considering that it's like four thousand years old a lot of them you know because a lot of religions nowadays always kind of give their god or make their god kind of a male figure very patriarchal setup but I just thought that was really cool there's only like there's not that many people who practice that faith nowadays but I always thought it was really interesting that's really interesting we didn't know that yeah before the Islamic conquest came in and essentially outlawed it. Well, they have a really interesting funeral ritual. Mm -hmm. It's called the Tower of Silence. They're these giant circular towers that are built for excarnation. So the bodies of the deceased are laid out like in different rings and creatures like vultures can eat them. Like you said, this practice has been around for a really long time. The religion is really old. The first documented case of the use of these towers was the 9th century, but they think that it probably goes back to as early as the 5th century. Oh, yeah, because I'm pretty sure this is older than... I mean, it's, it's older than Islam. I want to say it's older than Christianity. So their reasoning behind these towers is that they don't oh, yeah. want to pollute the elements... So yeah, no, this was this was way, way pre Christian. Yeah, this I was thirty five hundred years ago. That is a long time ago. They don't want to pollute any of the four elements, so earth, air, fire, water, with their burial rites. They don't like to bury people because that interferes with the earth element. Mm -hmm. They don't like to burn people. Oh, that's cool. Does that make yeah. sense? So they have the towers stacked, and I'll show you a picture in a second. So I, I, I've seen them. You've seen them. Yeah. So you know how they have the outer ring, which is for men. The middle is for women and the inner is for children. The rings are kind of like thick. It's very interesting. I thought that one was really, really cool. And they don't have to like look at the body. Yeah. But aren't they also kind of like removing earth to build these towers where no. they're putting them? They're not. It's the not, towers are just It's there. not polluting it though. Fair point. Fair point. I missed that, that part of it. Okay. Oh, this one's so cool. I'm going to have a really hard time saying this. So I really apologize gonna... if anybody is listening. Uh, I think it's Kiribus. Kiribus. Out of that? That word? Yes. That in English would be Kiribati? Yes. Kiribus. So what, which, oh, it's in the Pacific. Okay. Yes. Keep going. So this is a collection of islands and atolls in the Central Pacific Ocean. This one was actually, I think this is my favorite that I researched. When somebody in this culture dies, it's very similar to the body in the sky burial. They leave the body in the house for three days. So people who knew the person could come through the house and honor them. They, they lessen actually the smell by burning leaves and they put flowers in the body's mouth, ears, nose, stuff like that to kind of like cover up that body smell. Yeah, you're a nurse. I think you can think of a better word than body smell. <laughs> That's just my day job. As the body's in the house and the gum and the tissues start to decay, the teeth fall out. Mm -hmm. But the teeth are collected and made into a necklace, which I think is so cool. That's pretty fucking metal. And that's the necklace right there. <laughs> Makes me think of you. Just the box of teeth. Or the box, the jar of teeth. 
So they turn the teeth into a necklace. And then after three days or so, I read anywhere from like three to 12 days. I wasn't really sure. Three yeah. seemed to be kind of like the average. But they bury the body. And then when they're ready, I guess, I don't know if they bury the skull with the body or they always keep the skull out. But the skull is polished and kept on like a shelf in their home. Huh. And they make offerings and stuff to it. That's so their god, I, I don't want to butcher his name, but Naka, Naka can help guide the soul to the afterlife. And then eventually, once they feel like the soul has been, you know, brought to the right place, they bury the skull with the body huh. again. This funeral rite is so cool to me. It's just so neat. Unfortunately, though, the islands were visited by missionaries, mm -hmm. and they were all converted to Christianity. This culture, actually, I don't know if it's the entirety or just their funeral rituals, but it's heavily influenced by paganism oh, so, that's a paganistic yeah or, or a paganist yeah. outlook but it was really sad to me that a lot of people don't do this anymore because now i mean it's also kind of pretty unsanitary you know keeping the body around digging it back up taking the skull out putting the skull back leaving the skull in your home i know but Necklace now they teeth. don't have any culture like that at all I don't know. There's lots of cultures where handling the body after their loved one dies is completely normal. I cannot think for the life of me what culture it is. Yeah, but this one is like. But they bring the body out into like a parade. Up, like, well, it's just a bone at that point. I don't know. It's just but a skull bone. The teeth necklace. None of that. No, that's fucking metal. I mean, it's metal, but gross, dude. I think it's kind of cool. Anyways, I think. One of the last ones I have is Memento Mori. This is Latin for Remember You Must Die. This was a super popular thing to do in the Victorian area. So during this time, photographs were ex extremely expensive and incredibly rare. So a lot of times when somebody died, that would be the family's only chance to get a, to get a, a photo photograph oh, of them. So they would take a picture of their death. They would prop the people up, do makeup, open their eyes. And the thing about photographs from back then, right, is it wasn't like a, and done. It was like, oh, you had to stand there for a minute. It was almost process. like a quick painting, yes. for lack of a better word. So exactly. like, you just got to stand there with your daughter or, yeah. again, grandma. Yeah, for and these pictures <laughs> are just like so eerie. They look alive. But barely. It's obvious it's her in that picture. We're looking at yeah, it's right obvious now. which person's dead in the photo. But if you didn't tell me yeah. they were there was someone dead in the photo to begin with, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like notice. a lot of times, they would prop them up on the couch, or if it was a kid, they would like keep God, them in a lot the of bed. These are kids too. Yeah. The last one I have. Ooh, you should do the uh, like the catacombs underneath Paris and stuff. I, and okay. Granted, granted, that's no, not no, necessarily no, a death here's the ritual thing, so much. Is that I actually made like a note when I was researching that I really want to do an episode just dedicated to the catacombs mm -hmm. because I almost put them in here. But I... But it's not so much a ritual as much as it was like, right. oh shit, everyone's dying at once. I love the catacombs so much. I think that they are so fascinating and the fact that there's miles and miles and miles of them mm -hmm. where nobody knows what's going on with them. And there's that documentary on YouTube. We did Freakiest movie too a while ago. Oh, as above, so below. Yeah, I really not liked amazing, that movie. but I did like it. I, I really liked it. But the catacombs somewhere I've always really wanted to go. Yeah. And 
we're absolutely doing an episode on the catacombs. We'll have to visit there too. Just when so we, when we go. solely the catacombs. So the last one I have is something called the Etruscan Cities of the Dead. Ooh, I've read about these a little bit. So these are actually necropolis. Necropoli? Yeah. It's a necropolis. It's a city of the dead. Yeah. So these cities have streets, squares, neighborhoods. They are just full of dead people. Their tombs are set up like houses. Yeah. But from the outside, they look like grassy hills, like just little tiny hills. And the tombs have several generations inside of them. So it's almost like when you think of like Egypt and the pyramids, they have goods in there, pots, money, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But you can like walk through them. It's just insane. It's so neat. Yeah, this is like the like the mounds and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure it's actually pretty common among like your. Well, this was really popular with the Etruscans. Yeah, so this was that like mound type era was very common among like proto proto Indo Europeans, which were the people that kind of had inhabited Europe before the like Indo European people came in with their new languages and stuff. It was very, and some of it kind of carried over and kind of became part of paganism. I'm pretty sure. It, there's actually quite a bit of those in the United Kingdom too, or is it Ireland? Somewhere in like the British Isles, like the, there's a lot of those uh, around there as well too. They're very cool, but a lot of them, unlike the photos that you're showing here that you probably put on Instagram, kind of almost become part of like the hills where you're uh-huh. like, oh, this is a very interesting landscape, and you have no idea. They're, well, they're that's tombs. this picture too. Yeah. So somebody had written online, and I don't know if you know how true it is or not. But they were kind of indicating, like, the larger ones were mm-hmm. kind of, like, denoting societal So it was almost like almost. a... I don't know if that's true or not. Or if you know anything about that. Maybe. Probably. It probably would have been more reserved for, like, a king or something. I mean, this is just my own... What I would think. I don't think there would be that many different types of classes or anything. That's interesting. I, you know what? It probably was, like, a class-based thing. Very interesting pretty cool though but yeah that's all i have unfortunately there are so many more that i wish i could have gotten to i really do think that we should do another one of these episodes Mm -hmm. even though it was pretty short i had a lot of fun with it please rate review us on itunes follow us on instagram (laughs) yeah please follow us on instagram our instagram is so sad i'm not a tech savvy person i'll i'll, I'll hop on you'll there. hop on there yeah because i'm just you. i'm not good at social media anyone that knows me knows that i'm not really on it yeah but i'm trying i'm trying to get out there the kids i know thank you guys for listening and hopefully we'll see you guys soon yeah in a few months in a few months yeah. yep <laughs> <laughs> bye